0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Should give a big hand of appreciation and warmth. Pastor Bruce Grant, here he is. Fantastic. Thank you. Such a privilege to be able to share the word with you. I was just thinking during worship, which was just so incredibly powerful that you know one day we're gonna stand in front of Jesus face to face, but also thought, you know, in the meantime, he's here to empower us, for him to know that he loves us, and that he sees every single one of us, and he sees the things that he wants to do through us every day of our lives. And so that's a part of my message this morning. Um, We've been going through a month called Unique, uh, deliberately spelt the way that it has, and so my focus this morning is on threads of God. So what we've been seeing during the month of November is that each of us we are one of a kind. Each of us are unique and how God wants to use us is special and unique and the way in which he's gifted every single one of us is unique. Now if you believe in God and if you believe that Jesus came to give us life through his death then you have to understand and accept that God therefore has his hand on our lives not just at the point of salvation, not just to bring us into his kingdom for forgiveness of sin and and, uh, eternal life, and, and as great as that is, and that's absolutely fantastic, but he then has plans and purposes for us. And I remember getting this revelation from God, really, it was in probably days of when I became a Christian. And I thought, you know, even though I didn't have a huge theological understanding at that stage, I just knew enough to know that Jesus loved me, that he died for me, and God had a plan for me. And I realized that, well, look, if that's all it was, if it was just at the point of salvation, then why am I still here? Surely I should have been zapped up to heaven in an instant and be with him forever. So we all have eternal life if we've got relationship with Jesus. But that's not where it ends. That's where it begins. Our eternity has already begun for us. We just get to do the first couple of chapters here on earth because there's, God, there's things that God wants to do in us and through us. So therefore, the plans, they're going to involve us. We're not bystanders, folks. We're not just, you know, side actors. We don't even come on for the comedic relief of, you know, God's ultimate plan. He's got a plan for every single one of us, and it's a daily plan. There's no wasted days in God. Just like there's no wasted service in God, there are no wasted opportunities in God. And and as Pastor Jeff just mentioned, I've just come back from Red Frogs Leavers Week and a whole bunch of us from this church were there. In fact, many people, over 120 volunteers, froggers as we are referred to as, representing over 42 churches. There was not one of those people that were wasted. And every time we go out there to mix with the school leavers, there was not one engagement that was a missed opportunity. Every single one of those had the fingerprint of God over it. The conversations that we got to have with the leavers, which went beyond, would you like a red frog? Yes, please. And, of course, they're always so polite for which is just amazing. But it went beyond the red frogs handing out those candies, that confectionery, invariably almost without fail. The questions would be, why are you doing this? And this was from people that didn't even know about red frogs. Not that there were too many, because red frogs go throughout high schools all throughout the year. So by the time we pretty much get there on the ground, they know who red frogs are. They don't necessarily know all that we do, but they know us, and they know enough to trust us that they can tell us anything, that if they get into trouble, we're the first ones that they call. And they absolutely do when things go there. But they say, you know, why are you doing what we're doing? And, you know, we're not there to preach and evangelise bluntly like that we are of course there to be jesus hands and feet so we, do, we give a measured response and you know we sow the seed and we see how's the fishing going today so they say why are you here well we want to help you guys we want to help you have safe fun and if you get into a spot of bother we want to be here to be able to help you yeah but there's all sorts of volunteering are you guys from churches and of course we go well actually yes we are so are you christians yeah so then why do you do this And the conversations, there would be hundreds and hundreds of those stories. Every frog volunteer that I spoke to during the week, they all had those stories, and not just one. It was, oh, yeah, we went to this person, and they asked us about this, and we got to share our faith, et cetera, et cetera. And we had salvations down there, uh, which doesn't always happen, perhaps, in the past, but it absolutely did this year. So for every single frogger, every single person there, and you know, Pastor Jeff asked me a little bit about it in Mingle Time, which, our, which is our pre-service uh, segment that we have before the service, and he mentioned that uh, obviously there were different, uh, different age froggers down there, including myself. Obviously, I'm far from a lever. Uh, that was a long time ago for me. But there was a place for every single person to bring the uniqueness of God, to bring the threads of God and have those happen through every single person's life. So let me show you a scripture then to bring together God in our lives, working through our everyday lives. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which if you've been a Christian for a while, I'm sure uh, you know about this particular verse. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God created us in his image. Therefore, it is impossible for the hand of God to not be on us because he created us in his image. God in the Trinity, God, Holy Spirit, Father. uh, Sorry, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Get it right. It is impossible to separate the three aspects of God, the triune God. So therefore, it is also impossible to remove God from our lives. He created us. So he is very much in our lives. And sometimes we can be very much aware of that, and other times it's like, God, have you got my phone number? Do you know where I am even? But even in those times, I can tell you from the word of God that he is always there, always present, and always wanting to work through us. And if we think long, or maybe not so long about this, we should be able to see the threads of God throughout our lives. Maybe you might not see it every day, and that doesn't mean that he's not there every day, but maybe you don't always see it every day. But I want to encourage you in this message this morning to hopefully open up your eyes larger than they already are to see the threads of God, to see how he does work through us in an ongoing, incredible way. So here's our first point then. It's the start of the thread, and of course that begins with finding Jesus and therefore growing in him. John fourteen six, this is Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in that verse, we have salvation through Jesus. And in that same verse, we then get to come to the Father, not as a one-off, but as the beginning of that process that he's always walking with us. So if you're going to be following Jesus, you need to follow him. That might seem like a bit of a redundant statement. If you're going to follow him, you need to follow him. But there's a difference. There's saying, I'm going to follow him, and there's actually following him. So if you're going to follow him, you actually need to follow him, which means you are looking for his direction. You are looking for his leading, and you are responding to that. Because if you see the leading, if you hear the leading, but you don't do anything about it, then you're not following him. You're just looking at him. And the life of God is not meant to be looked at. It's meant to be lived. We need to be following him. So therefore, you need to pick up the thread of God. There are threads in all of our lives, and the first thing God wants us to do is pick up that thread of life. And if you hold on to the thread, guess who's got the other end? God has. And he will guide that, and he will make something amazing. He'll do a beautiful tapestry in your life. Another scripture for us, this is Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed... Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there can be other threads, but if they're not of God, they're just distractions. And I don't know, you about, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm so conscious of the limited time we have left. You know, again, in the early days of uh, being a Christian, I remember so many Christians were saying, oh, we can't wait for Jesus to come back. We're going to go to be with him forever. And even then I thought... That sounds like a pretty selfish attitude to me. You've already got your salvation. You're already going there. Don't you want to stick around a bit longer and be the answer for other people and have Jesus work through you? So other, distract- other threads can easily be distractions. I don't want to be distracted. I'm not against having fun or anything like that. God wants us to have that. But let's be focused on the God threads and not the other ones. Follow the Jesus threads. So if we're doing that, what can he look like through us? Let's have a look at the threads and the choices that we've got for how deep those threads can run through our lives. This is Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 to 23. It's the parable of the the seeds. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. This is one of those impactful scriptures, again, that I remember as my early days as a Christian. And I read that and I thought, oh, Lord, I don't want that to be me. I'm a young Christian. I don't want the distractions of the world. I don't want the disappointments, whatever they might be. I don't want to be that seed that fell on the stony ground. Verse 20, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, for plants to get roots, they need to go deep and they need nourishment. We need to have fellowship, Christian fellowship, as a part of our lives, which means being a part of a connected church. We need to read the word of God regularly. We need to pray to God. We need to listen from God. You do those things and you get to have the root and you won't be the seed that doesn't grow. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to those, some who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. There is no shortage of things that can distract us. There are things that perhaps can harm us from time to time. But we still have that choice. And I encourage you, turn to Jesus in those situations. Even if you don't understand why. And maybe it might be unfair. And maybe you've done nothing wrong, but things of this world have happened. Follow Jesus. Stick to him. Verse 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Now that passage of scripture, I love it, it is so powerful. Let me tell you this about it. It's not necessarily a linear path, as in you start at the beginning and you go all the way to the end to verse 23, and everyone lives happily ever after. Folks, we're not living in a fairy tale here. So you may have parts and elements of your life that go back to those earlier verses, but the principle is the same. When you're finding yourself on rocky ground, turn to the rock, turn to Jesus, and have this verse living in every season of your life. So we're talking about the threads of God. Have you allowed God to thread the needle? Do you allow him to do that at any time or only on Sundays? Or in the mornings after your quiet time, if that's when you pray, and it kind of like wears off by lunchtime or maybe even before your morning coffee? Maybe you've dropped the thread like in the parable Uh, like in um, The Prodigal Son, that happens. All that you need to do when you drop the thread, just pick it up again. I've lost count of the number of times where I've screwed up big time and i said, Lord, I'm sorry, and he's always there. He's always faithful. He's always true to his word. So you can pick up those threads of God and allow him to continue doing what it is that he wants to do in your life. Now, I'm not going to you know, sugarcoat this, challenges in life that absolutely come, and I've, I've lived a few years now as a Christian. I actually got saved when I was 22 years old, so therefore I pretty much had most of my adult life uh, before me. Now, I didn't really understand what that meant when I said, Lord, have my life, and I'm so grateful that I, I paid homage to those words and I actually made it as real as I possibly could be. But I do remember those early days of being you know, a Christian and some of my earliest prayers, there were a few tears there because I was just recounting some of the things that my life had been like before I'd actually met him. And some of these things, it wasn't because I lived a really bad life. It was just the circumstances of life and you know, there was some stuff. The family environment that I grew up in was far from great. Uh, it was incredibly dysfunctional. There was a whole bunch of trauma that I experienced before I came to Jesus And so there were some teary times that I absolutely had before God. But I remember not praying this prayer, the prayer of why. I just knew in my heart and in my spirit, what would be the point in praying the why? What answer could I possibly have that would explain and justify why those things had happened to me? Nothing could take those away from me. But what could take away the pain and the impact of those was to follow Jesus And so I turned all those things over to him and I said, Lord, as painful as this is, I know you can help me. And this was a brave slash stupid prayer that I prayed. I said, Lord, if you can use any of the pain and any of the trauma that I've been through, I make myself available to you. And if you want to work through me in those areas, I will make myself available to you. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it may cost me. I picked up the thread and I said, God, if you want to use me in these areas, Along with anything else, then that's what I will do, and I will trust you that you will use me and you will enable me to do that. So that's the beginning of picking up the thread and saying, "Lord, here I am. I'd love you to use me." So I realised I thought, "Well, okay, God, if I'm giving my life to you, and if I'm wanting you to minister through me, then I'd better get cracking on this healing thing myself." You know, there's probably some things that I need to learn about, uh, to recover from, to heal through. So I consciously read a whole bunch of books, bought them all. If I showed you my library at home, it might you know, distress some of you. Uh, others, you might go, hey, that's fantastic. So I just went through all the years of buying all these different books. Um, I went to seminars. I've been to workshops. I've received counselling. I've done a whole bunch of active work on trying to get better, not knowing if God would ever answer that prayer of, here I am, use me. But I knew if he was going to, I needed to be in a better place of wholeness than I was on day one of my salvation so I committed to not get choked by the weeds. That verse that I read to you, that was so incredibly powerful for me. I thought, Lord, I don't want to be choked by these weeds. I want you to be able to use me. So that's the first point. Start the thread. Find Jesus and grow. Second point then, opportunities and development. Development. If you want to be used by God, if you want to allow God to weave his threads through your life, look for opportunities. There's a difference between looking for them versus searching for them and trying to make them happen. If you try and make things happen in God, it might not work out so well. But I'm talking about having open eyes and being open to those. And then when you see those opportunities in God, go for them and then try and develop them. Here's a verse for you, Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 36. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. When God wants to use you, ideally, be ready. Now, you can't be ready for everything, and at the, at the end of the time, you just need to say yes to God and trust him for the rest. You know, Peter walking on the water Up until that point, there weren't lessons on how to walk in water, walk on water. But you just need to be ready for the opportunities should they present themselves to you. And we read that Peter certainly did. So develop what is inside of you. So I mentioned there's a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to work on um, and develop. So it's a few years down my uh, journey of walking with the Lord. Um, And so I, I become a pastor by that stage and i became aware of a family in the church where there was some major distressing events that had happened in their lives and at that point when i became aware of it i had two choices one was rise to this challenge and be available if i needed to be available or the other option was this is really uncomfortable this might be upsetting for me so maybe i'll just you know just pass this one by well guess which one i did i said lord use me And so we did, and I was able to help that particular family. Now, that instance, that was 11 years later. So I wonder how tightly are you holding on to that thread? Are you holding on to it to say, God, I want to be here with you? Are you going to let go if it's a bit too difficult? Are you going to let go if it doesn't happen in the time frame that you would like it to happen with? You know, God wants to use every single one of our, our days I couldn't tell you which of those days were important up up until that 11 years, but I'm pretty sure every single one of those days were the important days to lead to that one day 11 years later. So I mentioned that I'd done other stuff. I absolutely had, and it was always a joy. And I'm not saying that um, high moments have nothing in between. No, they don't. Every day is a great day in God. So there's a whole bunch of stuff I'd done over the years. I had the privilege of uh, ministering and working with Teen Challenge. I've been a youth leader in our church, been involved in Youth Alive at all different levels, been in a worship team, been in a host team, uh, worked in sound systems, worked in CG. So all of it is being available to be used by God. And all of those things are as important as the big stuff and all the other things in between. But it was interesting because at that moment with that family that was in this distressing situation, I had the aha moment and I realised, wow, God, this is me with that prayer way back then saying if you want to use me in this situation, then here I am. So it really opened my eyes to the opportunities to be able to use by God if he chose to. And so I then continued to want to develop in those particular areas. It kind of gave me a bit of an insight as to what uh, some of the future things in my, my life might look like and so I then actively worked on developing those even further. I mentioned at the beginning that I was about developing and, and recovering and healing from some of my past so now I started to see this as a ministry that God might be placing before me and so therefore I continued, I made it a commitment to follow God and develop him in that. Now over the years I've had the privilege and the honour of walking alongside many, many people um, in, you know, major areas of their life. Some of the darkest times, I've had the privilege of walking alongside of them. And, you know, most of that work has been mostly unseen, except for the people that I've got to work alongside with. And that's appropriate sometimes. There is so much care that happens in the life of this church, and it's not we don't broadcast that because these are very private things in people's lives. But I want you to know, Metro Church, as a family, there is huge level of care here. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't happening. It's happening every single day, every single week. And you can be a part of that. You can allow God to use you as a thread of his tapestry called the church, the family of God. So look for those opportunities. Develop yourself where you possibly can in all of those. Okay, that's point two, opportunities and development. Let me move on to my third point then. Unrelated yet related. We're talking about the threads of God here. We can be presented with choices. There can be directions from God. And again, we get to choose those, even if we don't know the why, even if we don't know what the outcome of some of those things might be. And you know what? This side of heaven, we may never see some of those things, but that shouldn't matter. If we're plugged into God. Here's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I just love this for so many reasons. And so I'm going to read this passage to you this morning here. This is Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 20. In Damascus, there was a man named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, He has seen seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Israel. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel." I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Ananias had good reason to be fearful. But there's a trust in God saying, okay, God, I don't understand. I'm not really happy about this. I'm certainly not comfortable, but I'm going to follow you. Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled With the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again, got up, and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, we wouldn't have, some scholars say, up to two thirds of the New Testament without Paul. And we wouldn't have Paul without Ananias. So your unrelated could be connected to someone else's related. Isn't that incredibly powerful? Yeah. Ananias was faced with a difficult choice. He had no idea what the outcome would be, but he was obedient to God to do what God had called him to do. And that's all that God told him. If it was me, I would have gone, okay, God, if I do this, can you please tell me you know, condition A, B, and C? That's just me. But Ananias said, you know what? I'm going to do what God's called me to do. So he's unrelated was absolutely connected to someone else's related. And get this, your unrelated may be connected to your own related, even if you don't realise it. Most of us would be probably familiar with what's referred to as the Great Commission. Let me read it for you, just in case you don't know. This is Matthew 28 and verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, many people can think of, oh, look, that's talking about mission strips. And yes, it is, but it's not just talking about that. But that's fine. That's an expression and that's an understanding of that. Well, let's have a look at another verse in a similar vein. This is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So as we see in Acts, the mission field can be out there and it can be in here, and it can be everywhere in between. But on the missions field um, experience then, let me get back to you on one of the threads uh, that God appears to have done in my life. Um, as a church, Metro Church, we became of, aware of an international missions group called One Nation, One Day uh, several years back now. And the idea is to go into a single country, and go to all the major states and all the major cities within that country and go out there for the entire week doing humanitarian aid, um, praying and ministering with people, providing medical care, providing food care. And then at the end of that week, in all the major cities around the entire country, in one moment to have crusades and give an appeal for people to follow Jesus whilst we had been equipping the church in those countries. And that's the model behind One Nation, One Day. And so uh, Metro Church, we went there in 2017, took a whole bunch of people from here, uh, and I was a part of that team. And we saw so many people come to Christ. And this is not a small little trip we're talking about. In that year, there were 5,000 international missionaries, Metro Church included, who went to Nicaragua, and I was part of that team And, you know, at at the beginning of that whole process, I had no intention of actually going. Um, obviously, I'm very supportive of whatever we do here at Metro Church. So I went along to the info night and thought, look, I'm just supporting my church. You know, you don't have to go places to support people. You don't have to always be the person doing this stuff, but you can absolutely support and pray and give and do practical things like that. So that was my heart. I had no intention of going. Uh, but over the next couple of months, God really spoke to me and placed it on my heart that he wanted me to actually go. And, and it was such a, a huge blessing to be a part of that. So then a couple of years later, there's an, it's time again for another one of these One Nation One Day trips. Um, and so now, because I knew what One Nation One Day was about, I'm like, I'm there, Lord. I really want to be a part of this. I'm happy to go and be a part of that. So again, we looked at taking a team, and this time it was going to the nation of Peru. And uh, just you know, different stuff happens, and so we weren't able to get a team together on that particular missions trip, um, but the option was always there. The individual people, if they wanted to go, they could sign up with the whole team, with One Nation One Day, and they'd be allocated to different churches and they'd meet up on the ground and be a part of that. And so we actually had a few people from this church that did go in that particular capacity, but I didn't feel to go in that particular role. So I just kind of like come back and, you know, again supported uh, the ministry as it was forming. And the goal, by the way, for this one, uh, they're going all out, this time the goal was to have 10,000 missionaries. And I thought of, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Well, because I didn't feel that at that point God wanted me to go and be one of the 10,000, as exciting as uh, that actually might be. But in leading up to that, uh, there was a Facebook Live conference uh, meeting talking about the whole missions trip, and I was still very much supportive of what that missionary trip was going to look like. So, so I tuned into that and I absolutely was, was a part of that. And it was interesting that um, they spoke about in all the countries that One Nation One Day had been in, and they'd been doing this ministry model for over 10 years. In all the places they had been to, they'd never been to a country with such high levels of abuse, physical violence, domestic violence, sexual abuse of children, all of those sorts of things. They'd never seen it in such a high level before. And so on this Facebook Live event that I was a part of, they said, if you've got experience ministering in any of these areas, then we'd love you to come along and support this particular mission trip because of this huge need. And then they said this, if this has been a part of your experience, if you have experienced any of these things, then we're calling on you to come along and be a part of that. And I could tell you, there were tears streaming down my eyes. I absolutely knew that God was speaking to me to join them for that reason. So I reached out to them, um, and uh, several emails later, uh, several video calls and Skype calls and stuff like that, um, I ended up being a part of that particular team. And as a result of that, they wanted me to join a team, and they wanted to send our team not only to the country with the highest levels of abuse, but to the city with the highest levels of abuse which ended up being a kitos, which is at the mouth of the Amazon port over there in uh, Peru. They then wanted to create a team of people who had had some of those experiences and wanted to minister in that area, and they put me on that team. They then wanted to have a team leader look after that entire team, and they appointed me to that particular team. And they gave us a bus and interpreters And unlike the format that they normally do, which is normally, these are the schools you go to, these are the markets that you go to, these are the villages that you go to, your start time, your finish time, be back here at the end of the day, rinse, repeat, do it again. To our team, they said, go wherever you want to, wherever the Lord leads you, go and minister to these people. And then the plan was, which happened, of course, the plan was at the end of that week, then they wanted me to create and run a conference a one-day conference for people that had been through abuse and wanted to help others. And my heart for that conference, and of course I, get to, I got to lead that, praise God, and I had a couple of things in my heart. I wanted there to be lasting legacy in what I got to do. I absolutely wanted to minister to people who had been through abuse, and I wanted to equip those who wanted to equip others. And on that final day of that conference, over half of the people were there for themselves because they needed healing. The other half were there To help others. So, mission accomplished. And so, when I'm talking about the threads of God, you just need to look for the opportunities and be available. If I had not done the One Nation, One Day trip to Nicaragua, which, and by the way, that was my first ever missions trip. God's got a great sense of humour. My first ever trip, gets me to lead a whole team. And uh, Gabby was on that team as well, praise God. So, if I hadn't been to that first missions trip, I wouldn't have had the confidence to say yes to Peru. And then God wouldn't have used my ability and my openness to him to lead that particular area of ministry. But if you allow yourself to be used by him, he can do amazing things through you. So your unrelated is very much related. Let's have a look at point the fourth point then, and we'll just wrap up with a thanks to him if you can come, the creative team. So follow and enlarge. Let's have a look at uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So I really want to encourage you, whether you can see the threads or not, Scripture always implores us to press into him, to grow, to be available to him. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.2 says, be prepared in season and out. You never know when your season is going to be on any given day. So be open to more and listen for the next step. So as you've just heard, I've just come back from Leavers. Uh, it's been an amazing journey that I got to be a part of. Um, my official role was looking after what's called chaplain support. So the chaplain support team in Dave Hall was one of those teams as well. So we're there to look after the Frogs volunteers. So that at the end of their night, uh, they may have come across some stuff that maybe they haven't seen before or it may have just you know, upset them to different levels. So they get to debrief with us and we let them talk about those things. We pray for them. Uh, we give them whatever level of support and encouragement they actually need. And so that's a great role to be a part of. But I wore two hats this year. There was another role that I was involved in, and it was heading up the sexual assault disclosure team. See the threads there to God? And out of all the people in all the WA, and this is for God's glory, certainly not mine, they asked me to to head up that team. And I had the privilege of running five different training sessions leading up to leavers of this week. And the best part about that from my perspective is that I got to teach, train and equip every single Red Frogs volunteer on how to respond to sexual assault disclosures. Now, sadly, there were instances where that, that knowledge was required, but praise God that the froggers were equipped so that when they came across these things, one of them in particular said to me, you know, Bruce, you you spoke about how something might not happen to a particular lever at levers, but maybe something has happened in their past, and then they remember it at levers. That is exactly what happened for one of these instances that I heard about. And this person said to me, you spoke about that at one of your training sessions, and this young man came to me and told me exactly what you had said. So they were equipped by God to be able to move into that space. So I'm so grateful that God's given me the ears and the eyes to follow those threads of God. Now, everyone's story is going to be different. We don't need another me. God's already got me, but we need all of you because God has got something for every single one of us. And, you know, you can pick up the thread no matter how many years old or young you think you are. You can pick up the thread right now. You may think, oh, but I've, I've wasted some years. I've wasted some of my life. Okay, but let's pick up the thread. Let's move on from here. You've got the rest of your days. And your last days could be so much better than your beginning days. I hope that's the case for all of us. I want to do more for God. I want to pick up those threads. I want him to use me. And that's my prayer for all of you. But, of course, the very first thread is saying yes to Jesus. Jesus. And we always want to give every opportunity in the life of Metro Church for you to say yes to Jesus. And maybe you said yes to him before, and perhaps you've drifted away. Well, here's your opportunity right now in the building online. If you need to say yes to Jesus, then I want to help you say yes to Jesus. You can say it just in your heart, in your mind, under your breath. But whatever way you respond to Jesus, here's the next thing I want you to do. I strongly encourage you, avail yourself of a great tool that we have for you. It's called Yes Text. It means that you grab your mobile phone, you text the word YES, Y-E-S. You text it through to this number, 0488 826 392. By you doing that, you are saying yes to Jesus in a tangible way, but that won't be the end of it. It's not a one-way text that just disappears. You're texting us, Metro Church, not some call center somewhere you are texting us and what we will do we will then send you manually this is not some ai bot thing we do this manually we will send you a bible verse next morning at 7 a.m Perth time or wherever, we are, wherever else you may be we'll send you a bible verse and we'll send you a sample prayer that you can pray that relates to that bible verse and you get those for 30 days free of charge we're helping you to read the word we're helping you to learn how to pray And there are mini-series that you can uh, get as a part of that. If you don't want to get that via the text version, we've got a web-based version, an email version of that one. So head to this website, yes.metrochurch.org.au, and you get the same thing, those daily emails with the prayers and the Bible verses. Say your yes to Jesus. Allow Him to be the thread of your life. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this message today. I thank you for speaking to every single person I know you have. Lord, whether they're in the building, live, on, online, or whether they get to see this message after, your word is alive. I've spoken from your word. So I thank you that you have a message for every single person. I thank you, Lord, for those that are saying yes to you for the very first time those that are coming back to you lord i pray that uh, this will be such an incredible life-changing moment in their lives and in the world around about them i pray for them all in the precious name of jesus amen amen thank you church don't just listen do